Hello, hello, federal employees. My name is Dallin Haas. It is so good to spend a little more time with you today. Today, we are talking about an investment that if you make it, you can get a 5%, a 6%, or even 8% basically guaranteed return year after year for eight years. Now, if that sounds tempting, let's compare that to the next best alternative for federal employees, and that is the G Fund, where if you invest in the G Fund, you're guaranteed to not lose money, which is an awesome thing and something that you can't find on the private side, right? The government guarantees basically, hey, this investment won't lose value. Now, the downside is it's not going to grow much either. It might beat inflation by a little bit, but above and beyond that, it won't do much at all. Now, today, if you're wondering, I'm talking about social security. If you don't know already, if you delay social security, there are some major benefits to doing that. And now, the probably the biggest pushback, pushback I get on my stance of, hey, you should, most of the time you should delay social security. One of the biggest pushbacks I get is, but hey, I'm retiring, whether it is 62 or before 62, and I don't know how long I'm going to live. And I don't know how long I'm going to be able to do the things I love. I want to take Social Security now so that I have the income I need to do the things that I love to do. And I think this is a great point, a great point that we definitely should address. So today, I am hoping to address this point to say, okay, when does that make sense to use that argument? and it actually makes sense for your plan, and when maybe it doesn't make so much sense when you look at the big picture. So I'm gonna jump over to my computer. I'm gonna show you some numbers. So if you're on the podcast, I definitely think this will be definitely helpful, but if you go view the YouTube video, you'll be able to see the numbers and see firsthand how powerful this can be. So if you're on the podcast, don't stop if you're driving, keep going but I definitely, definitely recommend you checking out the video. All right, now I am here at my computer, like I said, and the first thing I want to show you is the real numbers of what it might look like for you and Social Security. Obviously, these numbers won't be exactly your numbers, but it'll give you an idea of what delaying or taking it early might do to your benefit. So, the first concept that you have to know is your full retirement age. And this chart right here explains it. Basically, it's based on the year you're born. If you're born after 1960, then your full retirement age is 67. So for those that haven't retired yet and they're born after 1960, many of you will just be in that boat. But of course, if you're born in the 50s, um, you will be at 66 and some months. So that's the first thing. Now, what your full retirement age means is basically it's, it tells Social Security how to calculate your benefit. And when you look at your Social Security statement, if you go on Social Security's website, you make an account, you get a statement, up on the top right, you're going to see a number that says, hey, this is the benefit you'd get at your full retirement age. Okay. So once you know your full retirement age and you know your benefit at your full retirement age, then you can calculate what your benefit's going to be at the different ages. Now, a quick thing that I have to note, if you're looking at an estimate by Social Security, that is an estimate. It is not 
saying that is what it'll be is an espen and often it assumes that you're going to be working up until the date that they are giving you an estimate for. For example, if they say, hey, your full retirement age benefit's gonna be $2,000, then they're assuming you're gonna continue working up until 67. And if you retire early, it may affect your benefit. Okay, so with that being said, let's jump right into this calculator. So, let's assume for this federal employee that they have $2,000 worth of benefits if they take their Social Security at 67. Now, if they take it at 62, their benefit's gonna be reduced down to 1,400. That's, that's what the reduction that happens. Now, let's say, hey, what would happen if this gentleman, this lady, delayed one year? Let's say they waited till uh, 63, so let's do it. Their benefit just moved up about five point something percent, right in there, to $1,500 a month, okay. So, right, that's about $100 a month, um, and so that's $1,200 a year. Okay, now let's go 64. Okay, let's go 65. Okay, now it's about 1,733. Now if we go, of course, to 67, that'll be the flat 2,000, because that's their full retirement age. Um, but if we go to 70, their benefit's gonna jump all the way up to about 2,480. So almost $500 a month is the difference. So. In a nutshell, when you delay, you get a guaranteed rate return. So for example, let's say you're 69 and you say, hey, I'm gonna invest this $2,320 and I'm gonna get a guaranteed 8% return because next year by not taking it, I get 8% more. That's how the numbers actually come out. Now, another point that I definitely want to make when it comes to taking your social security early at 62, there can be one huge ramification that I want to make sure you understand. So I pulled these numbers from the example I just had. So full retirement age benefit is 2000, age 62 benefits 1400, and age 70 benefit is 2480. So let's say there's a couple. They're both still alive. They have a net pension of about 1500 bucks. They take their social security. Let's say, let's run a first scenario at age, 62, okay? So there, so the federal employee's benefit is 1,400, and the spouse has a spouse benefit based on the federal worker, and let's say it's mm, 600. Let's just rough numbers. Okay, so that means total fixed income for that couple is gonna be about 3,500. Now they're gonna supplement that probably with the TSP, their other investments, and maybe have a military retirement, who knows, right? But let's say it's about that. Now, the issue comes in is that when the federal employee, if the federal employee passes away before the spouse, then the spouse's benefit is often directly correlated to what the spouse's benefit was before. So we jump over here. Let's say surviving spouse's income. Let's add a apostrophe S there. Oh. Okay, so they would get, depending on the rules, the rules are complex, um, when basically, let's say they'll get about 1400, which is um, a good estimate. Um, and basically, when one spouse passes away, the spouse can generally get whatever the now passed away spouse was getting or their spousal benefit, whichever one was higher. 
so she can't continue receiving her spousal benefits. She'll only get what the federal worker was getting. So now, from a fixed income of $3,500, her fixed income is now $2,100. Now, that may not make a big difference. I don't know. I don't know your situation. I don't know the numbers. But that can be a significant difference for you and your spouse. Because often people think, hey, if I pass away, my spouse needs half the income that we needed. Well, it's generally not half. It's more like 80, maybe even 90% of what you guys both had is probably what your spouse would need. But again, it depends on your situation. Maybe it will legitimately be half for you. That's something you really have to think through. So let's run another scenario. Let's say they decide actually to wait until age 70. So their benefit would be 2480 and their spouse's benefit would increase as well. So let's say that's 800, be conservative. That means they'd have a total income at, of course, when they start Social Security, of 4780. So that's significantly higher than it was before. Um, and if the federal employee passes away first, the, the surviving spouse would be eligible for that higher amount. They'd be able to keep the 2480 after they pass, meaning they'd have a fixed income of 3200 about when the federal employee passed away, if they pass away first. So that's something to think about. Again, like I said, there's lots of things to think about. And I'm not saying that you should never take it at Social Security. If you have, let's say, enough life insurance where this doesn't matter, or you have enough in your TSP where this doesn't matter, awesome, no, no problem. But I definitely want to bring it up because decisions are not having decisions are not about having just a fixed answer that makes sense for everyone. It's about empowering you as my listeners with information to say, hey, for me, okay, this makes sense. And I'm willing to take full responsibility for my decisions regardless of what happens. And if you know what happens, if you know the consequences, then you can make a really educated decision. Now, many people, like I said, they say, hey, I want to enjoy Social Security when I'm young. I want to enjoy it when I'm young. I don't want to delay because maybe later, maybe I'll be more feeble, more disabled than I am now. I want to enjoy it now. And I think that's a great point. And I think it's also a valid point that when you take Social Security later, when you delay it, that doesn't mean your income has to be dramatically lower at 62. You can, one strategy, is just to take a little bit more out of your TSP during those years because you know that if you delay, your total income is gonna be much higher down the road and you're gonna need much less from your TSP when Social Security actually kicks in. So that's another point to think about as well. But like I said, there's lots of things to think about. So those are my thoughts on this subject. I hope that helps. I hope you guys enjoy these case studies of me kind of crunching the numbers of what things actually might look like when it comes to Social Security and delaying, not to delay. And like I said, there's no perfect answer. If people sincerely need the income at 62, then often it does make sense just to take it because they need the income. And of course, you don't want to live off ramen in retirement. I never recommend that. All I'm saying is that delaying Social Security can be a great way to get increased and guaranteed returns over time, over time, right? Um, nothing's guaranteed in life, nothing is. Even investing in the TSP, um, investing in general, and money in general, there's gonna be risk, whether it's inflation, whether it's taxes, that is life. That is just being part of the financial system. It's just a matter of managing your risk as best as you possibly can so that you can be prepared. 
and your spouse will be taken care of, right? That, that's the goal for all of us, is to make sure that we can have a great life now, and especially for our family later as well. So that's the goal. Hopefully that was helpful. Have a great rest of your day, federal employees, and I will see you next time.